the narrative of Abraham, it is difficult to understand his missionariness, if that's even a word. He didn't preach, he didn't baptize. Sometimes it isn't about the numbers, it's about the witness. Eliezer, Abraham's Egyptian slave, set out with his master's wealth to find a wife for his master's son. If the son ceased to exist, Eliezer would probably inherit his master's wealth. But this Egyptian slave did not only take on the mission of his master, but he prays to his master's God as his own, and the rest is biblical history. One man's faith and the respectful nature to those around influenced and changed the life of strangers, even the one within his own gates. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. I'd like to welcome you all today to um, our Sabbath School U presentation. And I'd like for each one of you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what your favorite hobby is. My name is Marcellus, <laughs> and that's a different question than I prepared for. <laughs> um, but my favorite hobby, stories, stories. Yeah. I love stories right. in all of their various forms. Right. My name is Liz, and I really enjoy hiking and being outside and just spending time in nature. Uh, my name is Elroy, and I really enjoy, uh, for my favorite hobby, doing whatever Liz, whatever Mar, <laughs> Mar said, so yeah. Well. I'm, I'm Michael, and um, one of my best pastimes is just finding new ways to entertain the kids. So that's kind of been a hobby for me. We all have very good, clean hobbies. Yes. Yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, Liz, I'd like for you to, um, to pray for us this morning and kind of read our, our key text, if you don't mind. In that order? Yeah. Well, you can read the key text and then pray for us. Surprise our, us. Yeah. Our key text is Galatians 3, verses 6 through 8, and this is an NIV. It says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand, then, that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for the chance that we have to be here together to discuss your word, to learn more about you, to learn from, from each other. I ask that uh, this will be a blessing to ourselves and to everybody who's watching. And I also ask for your uh, spirit to be present here to give us wisdom and understanding as we discuss this lesson. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 So the title of this lesson is Abraham, the first missionary. So judging from the key text, we're going to be talking about Abraham. We're going to be talking about how his experience as the first missionary kind of parallels to some things that we can probably see ourselves doing today. Our first question is, um, is in reference to Genesis 1818. And if any of you have it, please feel free to read it. Genesis 1818. Right. All right. Um, the New King James Version says, since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all of the, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. All right. So the question is, Abraham and his family were described as those who keep the way of the Lord. So what does this mean? So we're seeing here in Genesis 18, 18, that Abraham surely will become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of earth shall be blessed in him. So when it says Abraham and his family were described as those who keep the way of the Lord, what does this mean? What does it mean to you? 
to me, that just means he's obeying God's laws or obeying God's laws, doing what God tells them to do. And it's actually the next verse, Genesis 18, 19, where it says, um, and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. So it defines it right there. It's by doing what is right and just, by obeying God's laws. I don't think he was very good at doing that. (laughs) Really? I don't I don't think he was a very good missionary, it seems like. But I think that's the, kind of the point that mm-hmm. Paul is making. Um, and later in Hebrews, like, it's that his faith in, in God mm-hmm. is what God used to create nations mm-hmm. that believe in God because of him. Right. I don't think it was because, like, he himself was were. awesome at right. showing people what God is like. I don't know, though. I, I would actually disagree. I think he yeah. was a good missionary. I, you know, I think if you go back to, um, I think it's Genesis 12, uh, verses 1 through 3. Uh, let's see. Sorry if you give me just a moment. Uh, Genesis 12, I think, you know, uh, God sends a, a command to Abraham. Mm-hmm. And back when he was Abraham, sorry, it says, uh, Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And then three, he goes on to say, I'll bless those who bless you, and I will curse them who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So essentially, God was sending him a command, and Abraham followed. You know, God just said, go, get out of your country. And so if he didn't listen, I think that would have made him a bad missionary from the start. I could see that. Were you going to say something? Um, I could see that, but still, like, when he actually gets out into the mission field, mm-hmm. he seems like a terrible missionary. Right. Um, well, I think later, later on through some of the questions, we're going to talk about what defines a missionary. Yes. Okay. That's what, so maybe that yeah. that will help shape where we're going with this. But but I think both both perspectives are quite valid. We see through Abraham's life experience and through the interactions he had with many individuals throughout his time, he, he probably wouldn't have been considered the best example for a missionary. However, he was definitely a missionary in his own right. Yeah, and, and it would it's definitely, uh, me and you, it would depend on our definition of miss, missionary sure, sure. Right. as to accepting the call, which could definitely be mission work in itself right. versus me being like, oh, but you're living it out. Yeah. So when, when, it says, when it says his family was described as those who keep the way of the Lord, when we think about what it means to keep the way of the Lord, do we assume that that means to keep it in perfection? Or is, are there a set of guidelines and principles that we're expected to uphold and we try our best to do that? What, 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 do you, what are your thoughts on, on that when we think about it that way? Well, I'd want to know what the word way translates to, but I don't know if we can do that right now. I can do it on my phone, but I don't know if everyone wants to wait. Does anyone have anything that, like... I think when we, I think when we say uh, those who keep the way of the Lord, it, it would be a good exercise for us to probably all personally go back and take a deeper look at with, with what it means, the way of the Lord. But I think in context of maybe the times that they were living in, there were some, like, defined principles of what it was to be living justly Such in the as. way of the Lord. Right. And, and so this, in the lesson, it talks about they needed to guard the divine truth of God's kingdom that had been lost in the flood. And it talks about to be the way through which the Savior would enter history and also to be as God's faithful servants, a light to the nations. And there's no way, I think it's difficult to assume that there's only one way to do that. 
and to do that perfectly. Mm. So, but if we're talking about living in the way of the Lord, there, there are some things, at least how the lesson describes it, that you can kind of build a starting point. And so I think we'll find out through, through more questions how Abraham failed in that Let's definition in and of itself. So the second question that we're going to go to is, what do we learn about the nature of God from the story of Abraham? I mean, for me personally, I think I would learn of God's nature um, that he wouldn't ask any of us to do anything that he wouldn't do himself. Mm -hmm. You know, if you continue to follow the story of Abraham, him going to a faraway land uh, that's unknown, him eventually, um, God eventually asking Abraham to, you know, to sacrifice his own son, the one thing that he was waiting for, the um, someone that he loved, you know, dearly, uh, you know, God went and ended up doing all of that for you know, all of that for Abraham. You know, he provided a ram. He eventually, you know, later on, you know, in the Bible, he provides his own son, you know. And so I think we learned the nature of God that, you know, no matter what, no matter what he asks us to do, he um, has our back. He's going to guard us. He's going to, uh, he's going to keep his promise. Mm -hmm. And and I definitely agree with that. And, mm -hmm. and more than that, do it for us. Like, mm -hmm. because we, when he makes the covenant with Abraham, there was, traditionally, you would, um, you would make, covenants with blood. You would sacrifice animals and like cut them into two in a path and then walk through them together, signifi signifying that like we are now bond bound by this blood that we shed mm -hmm. and walked through. Mm -hmm. But when you, when you read the covenant that God makes with Abraham, he puts Abraham to sleep mm -hmm. and then the spirit goes through um, the entrails of the animals or whatever. So it's God making a covenant with himself mm -hmm. for Abraham. Mm. It's crazy. Like, he's like, I'm gonna make a covenant with you, but like, I'm gonna shake hands with myself because I can only trust me. Mm. Um, and so when you think about it that way, it's, it's almost as if to say, we cannot do these things of ourselves. Right. We can't. Mm -hmm. it, you have to be a willing vessel to allow God to be, to use you or, or to be in you so that Right. We can be a reflection of who he is. And there's no way in our sinful natures that we can truly reflect who God is. We have to have a portion of him within us in order to reflect who he is. So that's a great right. parallel to kind of show how even in a trying time or even in a, a command that God sets forth for us, it's almost reassuring to know that it's not us who's really expected to be that, to be that uh, tool we are expected to allow him within us to kind of reach the world around us. Right. And so when I think about the nature of, of who God is in the story of Abraham, when I, to sum up the nature of God is a difficult thing to do, I think, and you probably shouldn't really try to do that, but I think about God being love. Mm. And, and what greater love can you kind of express than to say, you know what, this is what you're expected to go through but I know you cannot do it on your own and I wouldn't expect you to do it alone. I'm gonna do that for you. And, and that, that was a great example, I think, that, that brings that through. Any other? It's any also other? a plus one to Abraham being a, a good missionary because mm -hmm. he's willing to let God do that. Right. Were you about to say something? I think another thing that's really cool with this story and, and other stories in the Bible is that God wants us to be involved. Like we're, the, mm -hmm. we're making mistakes and we're not doing everything right and we don't have the perfect past, but God still wants us to be involved in, in, in re right, reaching yeah. his goals and doing his mission. And so we're the kids that are tripping and breaking the dishes, but we still want to help mom out with the dishes. So mm -hmm. that's, God, God is doing that and he allows us to do that, which is amazing to be involved that is, in that yeah. work. Mm -hmm. To even a to ask a kid that keeps breaking dishes, like, <laughs> go do the dishes. Yeah. And you know they're going to break a bunch of dishes. Yeah. 
Well, using that analogy with my son, when he wants to do the dishes, I oftentimes clean the dish myself first, <laughs> and then I'll, you know, get the the sponge soapy again, and then he's really just cleaning the clean dish because if he does too much handling, it's gonna break. Which is that's the plan mm -hmm. of yeah. salvation. Yeah. That's what Christ's righteousness is yeah. for us. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's pretty. It's a great analogy. Great analogy. <laughs> yeah. okay. Our next question from Abraham's experience. What are some of the things we learn about mission? And so now I think this is where we can kind of start to unpack the experience that Abraham had as a missionary. So from Abraham's experience, what are some of the things we learn about mission? I think going back to the same analogy, some of the, some of the things we learn are that your past doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you came from or what your skills are or what you've done or not done in the past or what your family is like. God will still use you. Mm -hmm. and, and not only that, but God will equip you to do what he calls you to do, not vice versa. You don't have to have the perfect resume first. God will give you those skills. Um, somebody told me once that God doesn't call you to succeed. He calls you to serve. Right. So yeah. whatever that looks like, there's going to be bumps and probably failures along the way, but just doing what God calls you to is what's important. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and so I think we first learn about what mission is, that you're called. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a calling that's placed on our, on our life. And what did Abraham's call look like? Just to go to a land that, you know, he wasn't, um, he wasn't aware of, he wasn't familiar with, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, you know, to follow this promise that God was going to bless him, God was going to make him a great nation. And what sort of things did he encounter? Wars, you War, know, there was... There was destruction? A, yeah, there was contention family. amongst our family and servants of those family members, you know, so there was a lot of un uncomfortability, but I think God says that he's still going to provide in, and bless you in the midst of that uncomfortability, so. And I think when we look at Abraham's life experience in those specific situations, we find the failures, mm -hmm. but it's what came out of the failures that I think what defines the missionary. So even though you may not have been perceived to be the perfect missionary, was your mission accomplished in any way? That's one way I, I, I kind of look at it because we can't, we can't meet the ultimate goal every time. We have to answer the call. Mm -hmm. That's what we're called to do. I'm pretty sure there are no perfect missionaries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think there are better Christ. examples well, than others. Yeah. There may be better yeah. examples yeah. than yeah. others. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And no... it, even in our intro, Eliezer kind of sh proves to be almost a better missionary in some contexts. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Than, well, in, than in, even at least in the story. In he the story. He probably was wilding out in other, because we all wild out. He so. may have. <laughs> yeah. He may have. But, but that, that, that kind of just speaks to the experience of what mission is supposed to represent and what a missionary kind of can accomplish uh, even in imperfection. Mm -hmm. so, so when we think about mission, what are some other things we learn from Abraham's experience? You're on an agenda that's not necessarily your own. Right. You know, you're not you know, on your own kind of ambition or on your own uh, personal, um, you know, own personal uh, mission statement or what have you. Like you're sent by someone to do something, uh, but most importantly to serve. So that's what I look at. And, and when we think about missionaries, maybe not just today, but even in the past, most knew where they were going. Mm. Yeah. So that's like, you know, I'm going to this region to minister to these people. Mm. It says Abraham didn't know where he was going. 
He That'd was, be terrifying. Yeah, he was called to go to a place, to a region. He and as he moved through that place, towards that region, he experienced these different things. And so, how do you accomplish a task that you don't really have a set of instructions for, other than get up and go? Well, I kind of feel that I don't know. I don't see it as that similar or that dissimilar from our current experiences, mm -hmm. like. You really don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen an hour from now. Mm -hmm. And so, like, just God being, like, the, the Great Commission or, or love your neighbor, anything. Like, you really don't know how that's going to play out. Right. And so I, I really don't see it as too, like, outrageous from... Like, we have to deal with that is, what, I guess, what mm -hmm. I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Is that, like, mm -hmm. we have to deal with that uncertainty of, like, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing right now. I don't know what you want me to do. I want to serve you, but like, let me I'm not give sure an example. I'll give an example. It, the the department I currently work in, we send out missionaries, and so when we send them out, they know that they're going to be a physician, a nurse, a professor, mm -hmm. a teacher. Uh, you know, they're going to work in an orphanage. They're, they know what their responsibilities are, what their mission is to be, but the countless stories that come in on who they're able to touch and the experiences they're able to be a part of that have absolutely nothing to do with the assignment they were sent out on is kind of what I think we're talking about here. The call doesn't necessarily um, define the mission. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when, when Abraham answered the call, he didn't know what his mission was going to be. He just knew that he was to be a missionary. And today, we I think we still have people that experience that same thing as like you're saying. It may not be such a, a grand difference from what they'll experience, but I think most people have an idea of what to go out and do, but sometimes they may be stunting their own capability and their own reach mm -hmm. if they kind of stay within that box. And we'll talk about some of that in, in some later lessons. The next question is, how does the idea that God's power is displayed in our weakness impact our attitude to mission? Second Corinthians 12.9, if anyone has that kind of uh, touches on it. How does the idea that God's power is displayed in our weakness impact our attitude to mission? And that's 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Mm -hmm. um, the New King James Version for 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Okay. I think that makes being a missionary sound much more feasible right? for somebody who's human and has whatever history they have and doesn't have, you know, this perfect track record or uh, picture-perfect missionary skills or whatever those are. Um, it means you can do it regardless. Right. It, it means that the call may not have anything to do with the mission. Mm -hmm. So you may not necessarily be equipped with what you think is necessary to accomplish what you're being called to do. But where you're weak, God's strength is made perfect. Mm -hmm. and, and so what you may think you were sent out there to do ends up being completely different than what you actually accomplish. Mm -hmm. But the accomplishment is what the missionary experience was. Does that make sense? It's kind of like... I think this verse and this question also means that there's much less room for excuses. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Because God is saying that 
my power is made perfect in your weakness. So that means you can't use the excuse, I'm too weak, I'm too unskilled, I'm too unexperienced. To because that doesn't yeah. matter. This verse is saying that doesn't matter. So you cannot use that as an excuse. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't even look at that in the physical sense. I would say, you know, part of your mission or being a missionary is submission. You know, allowing yourself to be um, uh, under arrest, if you will, to the power of God. Mm -hmm. You know, but if God sends you out and you follow, you're pretty much telling God and everyone else in your area that, all right, I am submitting to his will. It uh, doesn't matter what's going to happen. This gray area that I'm marching into, I know he's going to provide, and I know he has plans for me, um, not just to, to bless me, but to bless those around. Right. So. Our next question is, Abraham's relationship to God brought for him both blessings and responsibilities. How does that, this dual effect of relationship apply to God's people today? So the dual relationship of bringing blessings and responsibilities. I um, met a returned career missionary in the U.S. They'd been overseas for 10 or 12 years, like spent a big chunk of time overseas in this one place as a missionary um, and, and then came back. And they said, I, I left the U.S. as a missionary and then came back a Christian. Mm, so, I mean, they, they identified as a Christian beforehand, but just the transformations that went on for them personally mm -hmm. during that time and all the wrestling and studying and trials they went through during that time made a huge impact on them and really blessed them right. uh, through that as well. It's almost like there's a renewed sense of purpose when you're fulfilling the call that, that God has for you. Mm -hmm. And... Um, but I also think about what Abraham experienced. Yes, he, he was abundantly blessed, but he also had some serious struggles that he went through. And he was responsible for making those situations correct, not of his own self, but th there were some responsibilities that he had uh, that came with those blessings. And so I think that that's, a, that's something we have to keep in mind when we think about the missionary experience. It's not just for the people we're going to minister to. It's also for ourselves. We have to take those lessons. We have to apply them. And we're responsible for making sure that that interaction means something more than just for them, maybe for us as well. Mm -hmm. It's true. I think it's human nature in general just to weigh everything in terms of benefits versus costs. You know, uh, you think about marriage. You know, uh, being married is a blessing. You know, with the responsibilities in a lot of ways, uh, to some people it could be a cost. It's like, man, you know, I don't want to have to just think about somebody other than myself. I don't want to have to be responsible uh, for uh, cleaning up more rooms in the house or what have you. So, um, yeah, being a missionary is truly just saying, no matter what the cost, mm -hmm. no matter what the responsibilities, I still want to go because I know that God will bless. Right. And and in the lesson, it just there's a little blurb that says, in the midst of personal and family struggles, Abraham became a model missionary to several people groups and a respected leader who witnessed to his faith in God. And so that was like the responsibility portion that he had even throughout the blessing. Well, say that again. Where was that? It what says, are you talking about? In the midst of, in the lesson, it says, in the midst of personal and family struggles, Abraham became a model missionary to several people groups and a respected leader who witnessed to his faith in God. And so... Now, are they referring to like... Um, the Jewish nation and the Islamic nation and the Christian nation. So one of the are they referring to people in his time? In his time, and so one of one of the examples in the lesson, they talk about the war that he had with the kings, mm -hmm. right? And it talks about what his interaction was with those kings after 
he had kind of obliterated them. He didn't want any of the spoils. He didn't want that was a stance that kind of spoke to those kings. There was a there was a perception he left them with. And even though we may not recognize that as perhaps the the truest interpretation of how to impact someone, you know, we kind of just destroyed who you were. But he he didn't uh, he didn't um, he didn't capitalize on what that meant. He kind of left them with not necessarily a sense of dignity, but he kind of showed what the, the strength of his character was, and I think he was not able to do that of himself. Mm -hmm. And, and that, so that's just one example, I think, that they're referring to in how he was able to make an impact on the people around him at that time. Mm -hmm. and, um, and we never know what that situation will look like. We never know what that impact will be, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the last question is, in what practical ways can we do mission rather than simply be thinkers or talkers about mission. So now this is kind of where we can define, for us at least ourselves, what a missionary experience looks like to, uh, to us. In what practical ways can we do mission rather than simply be thinkers or talkers about mission? I think it's just by literally just going. You know, I think God, God gave us all the command to go, you know, as part of the Great Commission, go therefore. And so a lot of times you're just like, oh, well, I'm waiting on God for this word or, or I'm waiting on God to really tell me uh, what to do, where to go. But in a sense, he's already given us that direction. So it's go to the places where people need God. Go to the places and be light bearers in all of the dark areas. You know, the people that may not necessarily be following my word or walking in the way of God, you know, uh, go go and be that for them. Let them see the difference in your behavior and in, in your heart and your mind and, and, and allow me to do the rest of the work. You know? I agree with that as a um, as an option. Um, but I, I don't think that's the only way because even in Abraham's story we have a situation many situations where he goes and does something and that is not what God wanted him to do mm -hmm. and like so he should have like waited and not he should have waited on for the best example is is Isaac he should have waited on Isaac as, as opposed to taking the matter into his own hands right. but yeah I definitely agree that we should be I mean, because that's what we're talking about, action, yeah. like not Absolutely. just thinking about right. it, not right. talking about it, doing. But I definitely think that there are times when we need to be, no, not, no, not only times. I think all the time we need to be very um, prayerfully and very um, cautiously. Well, sure, forward. yeah, I wasn't going to discount yeah. that. But yeah. mm -hmm. right. And so as we speak more about what we can do, what, 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 what things come to mind? Oh, yeah, you want us to get practical. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know well, how to do that. I'm well, a terrible missionary. Well, go sign up to be a student missionary, <laughs> okay, if that's where God's calling I'm you. But, but no, but I don't. I don't think everybody's called overseas. Some people right. are absolutely. Right. Some people are called here. Mm -hmm. I think one thing, and, and this is talking about getting away from you know being thinkers. But I think action starts with thought. So mm -hmm. I think it's important to have the missionary mindset, so to speak, of of just realizing that people observe your actions regardless of where you are. Mm, yeah, right. Regardless of yeah. if you're in Christian yes. circles or not, yeah, right. people yeah. are still observing, you're still being a witness. Mm -hmm. And so just having that mindset wherever you go, I think is an important first step of how your thoughts can be translated into actions and how you can do mission. Mm, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you guys so much for participating with us as we talk about the Abraham, the first missionary. I think um, I think we have to, we have to kind of be mindful to, to keep at the forefront of our minds that our actions are the, the biggest witness that we have going for us mm -hmm. as we think about missionary experience. If you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org.
That's www.sabbathschool.org. Remember, the goal of Bible study is information and transformation. It's for the head and for the heart. For Sabbath School U, I'm Michael Martell.